Welcome to Jiri Snacks, snackable episodes about the Jiri exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable Jiri course that uses memory-based adaptive learning to get you better results in less time. You can try it out for free by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Bar Sapir from City Test Prep on the show with us, and Bar, I'd love if you could introduce yourself and a little bit about your firm. Absolutely. It's so great to be here, Tyler. Thanks so much for inviting me. I am the CEO and founder of City Test Prep. We've been in this space since 2005, though I got my start when I worked for one of the big test prep companies in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Mm -hmm. and worked there. Actually, the GRE was the first test I I, I taught there and worked um, in Ann Arbor and New York for six years and learned that students don't always manifest their best scores when they know the material. So that's <laughs> what really got our firm to really think about the whole student and looking at the four pillars of success, which I'm sure I'll talk to you a little bit about soon. Yeah, no, sounds good. I mean, hey, if you want to start there even, right? Oh, because awesome. we're talking about the mental side today. Yeah. So what I found was even though students would memorize words and memorize equations, that sometimes they would go into the test and they would either feel like they didn't have enough time, they weren't able to finish on time, and they'd start to feel stressed out. So Mm -hmm. the four pillars of success that we address, and a lot of firms address a couple of these, are content mastery, test-taking strategy, making sure that people have the best form, time management that we deal with through speed reading and accelerated reading methods, and then the fourth is mindset. So having all four of those in place really maximizes a student's performance. And really, we can think about it as a as really how do we approach life, right? We need to have all of these different pieces as well. So a test is the way we see it is a metaphor of how you're going to perform in the the chosen program that you're looking at, and certainly right. the GRE um, or the GMAT are are the schools really trying to identify how you think through problems and questions and and how you move through it and how you would be a business professional or a graduate school um, student or a professional in your field? Yeah, fantastic. And so we're the going off the uh, last one today, right? Mindset, and I I think that. Mastering test anxiety is such an important part of this test because it is relatively aggressively timed, right? Yeah. Like the, I would say the, I would say compared to a lot of the other standardized tests that we know of and work with, the GRE is one of the ones where time management's key. And then because you're time crunched, it's more likely you're going to be stressed out, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that whenever people have certain um, constraints of any kind, mm-hmm people automatically kind of buckle under that intensity, right? Like, because we don't, we want to have our freedom. We want to be able to do things the way we do it and in the time that we do it. And if a student has all the time in the world to do these questions, then usually they're going to score a lot better. But what happens when you start to get into the minutia of how many seconds per question do you actually get? And then what happens if you spend too long on one question, then you can psych yourself out and feel you know, feel like um, you don't have enough time. So right. it's it's kind of this ongoing cycle. You get freaked out that there is time and then you get freaked out when you're actually in it <laughs> and you're dealing with the time issue. Yeah. So then what are your tips for, for managing test anxiety with, with your students? So I'm going to, before I answer that question, I, I want to talk a little bit about why people have test anxiety. 
right? Anxiety. Anxiety is a natural occurring emotion. And, you know, the social scientists will probably tell us that there's lots of reasons why we have anxiety. And Mm -hmm. part of it is that it's, I think of it as it's a memo to let us know that something is important, right? It's a way that our body will kick us into gear so that we know that whatever it is that we're doing has consequences and feels um, feels important. So the first thing I, I talk to students about is that this is a memo and that we've learned how to cope with it, right? So if, if anxiety is natural, sadness, happiness, these are all natural states of being, then how do we want to be in that moment? And if we get a memo right. from somebody or something, you know, information that we need to know, then we can respond and responding is better than reacting, right? When we react mm-hmm. to anxiety, we can have bodily sensations, we can have mental um, mental fog, we might go too fast or we might go too slow, right? So anxiety actually can take a lot of different forms, mental, spiritual, physical. And so in dealing with anxiety with students, the first thing I want to know is, well, how is it manifesting? Like what's actually, Mm -hmm. what's actually happening to you? Are you getting a stomach ache? Are you not able to sleep the night before? Is your mind racing and like you can't even focus at all? Or are you so hyper-focused that you wind up getting so lost in the question? Or are you thinking about something else completely? Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I do with students is really ask them to take inventory of what those anxiety symptoms are. And once we know what those symptoms are, then we're going to be able to address it. Now, that's the short-term, very potent approach, right? Let's say someone comes to me the day before a test. And, um, you know, certainly I've worked with people in like high echelons of government that the State State Department knows they're taking their test and they're freaking out, right? And they're nervous about it. Um, But but just even the average student might have told their friends or they might have told... They might have told other people that they're going to take it, and they've got lots of judgment on their se- about themselves taking the test. So hmm. the short-term piece is dealing with short-term solutions. What are the symptoms? So I draw from hypnosis, neurolinguistic mm-hmm. programming, emotional freedom technique or tapping, bilateral stimulation, growth mindset, um, kind of a reevaluation therapy, um, just thinking about things, reframing. And so I walk through students' um, different approaches uh, so that they can actually get into the mindset that they're seeking. What is the desired feeling that the student wants to have and mm-hmm. deal with the symptom? What's the desired feeling? And then making that bridge from one piece to another. Okay, interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that works, right? Um, And how essentially someone who maybe doesn't have like an NLP like certification or anything like that could actually do this for themselves in their own home? Sure. So picking up a little bit of what I said before, we Mm -hmm. have taught ourselves to be anxious. Okay, we have actually... Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think living in the world that if we don't have skills and coping mechanisms built in so that we're responding rather than reacting, then we're Mm -hmm. actually always reinforcing certain behaviors and habits. And it's not just true for anxiety. It's true for a lot of things. But it's also true for joy. It's also true for happiness. It's, Mm -hmm. It's all of the positive emotions that we feel. We can train ourselves to actually default versus anxiety where we can like fall into the abyss. So, right. so 
with anxiety, just to give a tiny bit of background, then I will promise, I will, I, I promise I'll come back to your question. Um, <laughs> we have, we have trained ourselves to be anxious because at some point we've got into the test, we knew the material or a test in, our, in the past. We can even be going back as far as second, third, fifth grade, high school. But we went in, we knew the material really well, but we were nervous because it was it was really important that we did well on this particular test. So we had right. a little iota of feeling anxious. And we go in, we take the test, and we do great. Well, the mind can't tell the difference between what it imagines and what's really there. So the mm. mind is like, oh, I did amazing on this test. Because I had that anxiety. So the next time I go in, I'm actually going to feel more anxiety because that's it mistakes the anxiety for doing well. And this is all based on B.F. Skinner's work, Superstition and the Pigeon, that he did mm. in 1948. So the idea was that the pigeon was fed these little morsels of food at regular intervals, but the pigeon didn't know this. And the pigeon then, whatever it was doing at the moment that it received the morsel of food, let's say it was lifting up its wing, let's say it was lifting up its leg, whatever it was doing, it, it basically just starts to repeat it. And they saw that this, this pigeon actually did this wild, elaborate dance to get the food, mistaking the dance for the regular intervals of what was just happening. We do right. the same exact thing with anxiety. So in- I feel like we do the same thing with a lot of life. Exactly, right? Because like, we are superstitious creatures. So keeping that in mind and understanding that the mind is pushing more and more anxiety in order for you to actually do well, we want to subvert that and actually stop it in its tracks doing something called a pattern interrupt. So you don't need to have uh, particular uh, credentials for NLP. You don't need to, you don't need to have, you know, a lot of different fancy degrees, but you need to understand yourself and you need to understand where that anxiety is kicking into gear and what you can do about it. For some people, it could be listening to music, right? You can listen mm -hmm. to music and it can actually put you in a better state of mind. You can listen to music that you had a really amazing experience um, the first time you heard it, and you can relive that in your mind, right? We're meaning-making machines, so we can go back to the time, the place, the feeling, and just recreate it in our imagination, because the imagination mm. is so powerful. So we can go back to that place. Um, you can learn different techniques, right? You can find, I mean, we have some on our on our YouTube station. I work with students, and I empower them to learn the different techniques to get into the mindset. So with hypnosis, for example, you're, wanna, you're gonna wanna do a progressive relaxation to get to that state where the, you're in that liminal place between conscious and unconscious, kind of the state that you are right before you fall asleep and you were highly suggestible. So what you wanna do is then let your unconscious mind know that you actually don't need to feel anxiety, that you got the memo, you know <laughs> that this is important, and that really what you need to do is get into this, a state of flow acceptance and more longer term processes like mindfulness and meditation are going to get you into that place as well, but they just take a longer time to get there. But it's really about being intentional, being present and being really cognizant that, that the only thing that's important in that moment in time is the question that you're looking at at that moment in time. And if you notice right. something coming up, Hopefully beforehand, you've taken that inventory and you could say, you know what, I get a stomach ache before I get 
get to questions. It's like, well, then you want you're going to want to do some sort of imaginary, um, imaginary process to actually quell quell your stomach. Hmm. Okay. So, and and so let's say you're at home listening to this and you're thinking about, okay, well, for me, it's, you know, I get really anxious when I'm like in the test, mm-hmm. right? So you can't, I mean, <clears throat> you can probably do things like a deep breath exercise um, or things like that. But what do you recommend for people that are getting nervous, like at the test center or at the test itself? So there's two things. And do I have the space and time to actually walk through a process yeah. with people? Yeah, okay, great. as much time as you want. Great. Okay. So first of all, before you even get to the test center, whether it's a day before, a week before, or a month before, what you're wanting, what you're going to want to do is you're going to actually create a movie of yourself, watching yourself going into the test center, and also imagining going into the test center. So you're going to want to create the mental movie that you're moving into the test center and all the things that happen there from the bureaucratic um, IDs and, and all the different pieces of signing in to take the test. You want to actually live through it over and over again, because you want to see what comes up in your body. You're also creating Mm. the track in your mind. You're creating that movie of what it's going to be like. And you want to notice how comfortable you feel, how at ease you feel, how easy it is that you're warm enough or you're cool enough or you're comfortable enough that you've had a great breakfast, right? You want to create all the conditions going into the test center, feeling your best self. And you want to replay that. And so when you actually do go to the test center and we recommend our students go to the place where you're taking the test. So you see what it's like. You want to make Mm -hmm. a realistic movie. You allow yourself to do that over and over again so that when you actually are there, you're more primed, right? You're primed to actually feel the way that you are desiring to feel. So you Mm -hmm. set yourself up ahead of time doing that. And you want to do that in a relaxed a relaxed state in the comfort of your home or in the comfort of your office, someplace where you can actually believe that in your imagination you're doing it. I mean, people do this all the time, right? Like you're going to have a difficult conversation with someone and you imagine what that's going to be like. You imagine that you feel good and that, that you're going to have an open heart and be present. Now, the second thing that, that you want to do is if you're in the test and you have, let's say we'll take it to the, the nth degree, right? We're going to take mm-hmm. it, Way to the other side, you see a question, you have a panic attack. Now, it's right. true. It's true that breathing is amazing, right? Like breathing yeah. literally, like you're bringing in this good air that your body is nourished by, and then you're expelling all the, the toxins and things that you're getting out of your system, which are good for the plants, right? So breathing is amazing. Breathing is part of mindfulness, and we can watch our breath. We can follow our breath. It's amazing. However, Like I said before, that is a long-term process of getting yourself into a place where you can actually drop in really quickly and allow yourself to really regulate your emotions, right? That's not, Mm -hmm. and I I do think that there's a lot of companies that that will teach breathing techniques, which are great, but it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, it's it's not the big guns, right? It's not really the the ammunition. So what I'm going to go over now is, is an amazing process. Um, it's a more recent neurolinguistic uh, programming process, and mm-hmm. it's called the backward spin. Now, okay. what the backward spin does uh, is it will 
stop you in your track and will help you to reframe. And I'm going to take a longer time describing it so someone can learn it, but then you can actually do it and it can, it could just take a few seconds and it's, and then you can just like get back on track. So when you notice, when you notice that you're feeling the panic, often it will sort of start, like for me, it starts in my sit bone and it will like go up. Like I feel it in my stomach almost. And it like shoots up to the top of my head. Now, mm-hmm. if you if you actually trace it, what winds up happening is that it has a circular effect. So it, 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 it rises up and then it goes down. It rises up again, goes back down. And so you want to trace that intensity. You want to trace that panic going up. And then you want it to then circle back around. And then you close your eyes. And I tell students to follow that path. And then you want to take it outside of your body, almost the size of a basketball, and then push it in the absolute opposite direction, right? Mm -hmm. So you push it in the opposite direction, and it's weird, but your imagination is so powerful, it can do lots of different things, and it has the ability to just imagine in the other direction, and then you want to think of a really inappropriate time that you had laughter. Like, you're just Mm -hmm. laughing at a time you really aren't supposed to, you can't stop, throw that in the mix. So you remember that, pattern interrupt throw that in the mix. Then what you want to do is think about someone that you love. So think about that person, think about their smile, think about how they feel, how they smell. It could be a friend, it could be a partner, it could be a family member, it could be a dog, whatever, whoever it is, bring them into the mix and just, you know, breathe that in, remember them, feel them. Then Mm -hmm. think about a time when you felt really comfortable. It could be when you're on the beach, watching a sunset, sitting with a friend, Having a, having a glass of wine or drinking some coffee, reading a book, throw that in the mix. And then once you have all that, you bring that cycling back opposite way back into yourself, taking a deep breath, expelling, and mm-hmm. then you're ready to go to the next, to the question, right? But, but all of those pieces get you back on track. Yeah, so that's really interesting. I'm curious... About eat like you you basically outlined like three things to think about as you're visualizing this. The first is some inappropriate laughter. The second, right, I believe you said was uh, someone you love, mm-hmm. and then the third was some when you're being like successful with something. Is that is, did I get that right? Well, it could be successful. It could just be where you're comfortable, right? Oh, but, comfortable. Sorry, but, that's, what, but that's I'm, what you said. I like the idea of successful. I, I mean, I think that if you have a if you have a student that that really brings them a sense of ease and clarity and focus, that these are all really mutable, right? These are all really adaptable skills and ways of getting into your best self. And so much of who we are in the world are just programmed ways of being. So if success is something that brings you clarity and ease, think of a time when you were successful, think of a time when you were confident, Hmm. think of a time, it just depends on how the anxiety is is welling up for you and then you want to address yeah. it. Yeah. I guess I'm I guess the reason why I was renumerating what you said was I was trying to kind of like get to like the three pieces, right? So it yeah. seems like the first piece is just stop thinking about what you're thinking about, like you said pattern interrupt. Yeah. Then the second piece is sort of warm, fuzzy feelings. And the third piece is making you feel confident. Maybe that's like a better way of summarizing it. Yeah, confident and comfortable, right? Because Mm -hmm. confidence is the result of being in comfort, right? Being, being, feeling good about where you're at and in that place. Because you don't necessarily, 
you don't necessarily want to have too much confidence, right? Like sometimes with students, they're so arrogant and mm. they just think that the test is, is bull and they don't want to even deal with it. It's like, well, the test is going to get you into the programs you're looking at. So we actually want to have a little bit of reverence, but we don't want to have mm. so much reverence that like we're, we're feeling like the test is bigger than us. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to always strike these different balances of who we are and how we how we approach the test. Yeah. I like what you said, though, which is that confidence comes from being comfortable in a situation, which I, I agree with. And I think that is kind of the key thing behind the advice of like, go to the test center first. Right. Like like it feels weird, like going two weeks before the test, but it means that you'll be more comfortable showing up. You'll know how long it takes to get in. You'll know where the bathroom is. Like you being comfortable will give you more confidence rather than just nervousness in that situation, right? So I think that extends to everything. Yeah, I mean, there's you almost want to make it mundane, right? You yeah. almost want to make it so it's just a non-issue. So anything that beca- that is an issue, it gives us an opportunity to question. Well, why is that an issue, and what do I want to do about it? Right. Mm-hmm. And if we can just neutralize it, then it doesn't have to have such an effect over us. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Any other thoughts on managing test anxiety? I feel like this has been a really cool episode with <laughs> you. Like, I love the, the take that you have on it. Uh, anything else before we wrap up that you want to talk about? Well, I do think that there's a lot of different techniques that are out there and, mm-hmm. um, in I, I wrote a, a GMAT book for Nova Press, and in that I have a the full potential manual that goes over a bunch of these different techniques. And we've really just spoken about two, but really there's dozens, right? So right. something like growth mindset, having the understanding that you're always moving towards a goal and moving towards the positive version of yourself, even when you don't meet the mark, and mm-hmm. training yourself to looking looking at yourself that way can have a really positive effect. Gratitude lists, right? Being Mm -hmm. grateful. Like even if you feel anxiety, being grateful that you have a system within yourself that lets you know that something's important, right? And really reframing, right? So we do a lot of tapping work. We do a lot of bilateral stimulation, making sure the right brain and the left brain are synced up. We use binaural beats. We use sound therapy. Um, on my new project, Mind Flow Speed Reading, we have a whole mindset section that has nutrition, right? Are you eating food that's going to ground you? Or are you eating food and lots of sugar and lots of processed food that's going to actually get you out of whack? So mm. I've just mentioned a few things, but it's really, there's so many things that you can do and knowing yourself better means that you get to enter the test feeling fully in control, but present and in flow. The The goal is always to get in flow and to be present and aware of, of what it is that you're doing. So getting enough sleep, right? So, you know, we've just talked about a few things here, but I literally have spent 30 years in this, <laughs> this world of bringing together, um, I mean, really since 2005 was when we, we started as a company, but I was, you know, I was really among the first people that really brought in these holistic mindful techniques into the test preparation field, because I saw that the way we do some things are the way that we do all things. So once you have these right. skills 
for taking the GRE. You have them for life, whether it's an interview or it's something, an important presentation, whatever it is that brings anxiety, you have these skills for life, which is what makes it really exciting to me that it doesn't have to just be for this one, one test one time. Right. Yeah. And I think also, um, I mean, as you're talking about all these different methods, right, I think the other key too, is that like, learn about these methods, right? Maybe even checking out your book and also then pick the ones that are going to be right for you. Absolutely. You don't have to, you know, try to fit a square into a circle, right? Like figure out what's going to work for you and what's, you probably have some mechanisms that you've actually done automatically and didn't think much about, right? Like if you were, if you were feeling anxious, maybe you needed time alone in nature, Right. Maybe you needed Mm -hmm. to feel the earth under your feet or maybe you just wanted to be in a place where there was a huge expanse so that you could feel the bigness of the world and the possibility. Or you might want to feel like you're in control. So maybe you like to be in a smaller room studying. So whatever Mm -hmm. it is that gets you out of your own way, you're going to want to integrate. Like we have a we have an audio series that has sound therapy. Right, that that people can actually use. It's five hours of retention, recall, focus, concentration, getting over anxiety, building confidence. Like all of these pieces, once you take inventory of what's not working, then you can figure out how to address it. And if you try something and it doesn't work, there's going to be dozens of other techniques you can use in order to get you into the best headspace. Right, and and particularly too, I think no matter what you're doing when you're on the test having a plan or having a technique or just having anything is so much better than just going in with nothing and without a plan for when you do hit that panic attack or, or nervousness or time crunch or or things like that. Right. Like just have a plan to have a plan. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the more that you plan time, uh, the sooner that you actually plan, the better because the anxiety that you might have felt in high school does not dissipate unless you do something about it. Because like I had said in the beginning, that once you feel that anxiety, your mind thinks that that's actually what you want if you've succeeded while you've had it. And so it just gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, I've worked with um, surgeons and, you know, people at high level medical training that all of a sudden they're like, I mean, I always had anxiety, but now I have this really important medical board and I'm completely, I don't know what to do, right? Because they've just mm-hmm. been able to cope up to that point, but then they've reached that that tipping point where actually they haven't been able to cope. So having these, the, you know, backward spin, tapping, bilateral stimulation, we do something called anchoring, which is which is something we all are familiar with. It's when... Like, let's say you have an ant that always would squeeze your cheek whenever you saw them. And so if anyone squeezes your cheek, you automatically think of that ant and the feelings that that ant brought up for you. Well, you can actually train yourself, for example, to like touch a certain part of your body or your face or your or your thumb and evoke whatever emotion and desired state you want to have. You just have to train yourself to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in the test and you're feeling nervous, if you've trained your body to actually immediately go to this other state just by the enactment of what it is, like whether it's, you know, holding your right hand or left hand or putting your hand on your right knee, whatever it is, you can use your whole body to actually provide that pathway to that desired feeling sense. Right. 
Well, it's so interesting. I feel like we could talk for another hour, but we could, but we can't. <laughs> I also, I uh, I feel like we should wrap this up. But this has been great, and thank you for sharing um, the backwards spin. I think that was a really cool technique that'll help our listeners. Awesome. Well, it's great to be here. Great to talk with you. Yeah. This has been Jiri Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Bara Sapir from City Test Prep. Achievable has a great online Jiri course that you can try for free at achievable.me. And be sure to use the code podcast if you like it to get $20 off.